I really love working with lots of amazing artists. Be in the environment and see other people's work, and then oh my god, I I wish I can learn so much from them, and then I wish I can grow with them. And that is the most important part.、Uh, you have people who do similar job with you, and then you grow together to become a better artist, to become a better storyteller. That's my literal dream, just to grow with each other. Hello, welcome everyone to Trade Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Dozalanda, one half of your co-host, and I'm Yuki Okamura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Ruby Wong. She is an Asian artist working as a visual development artist for Skydance Animation. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Ruby. I currently working at Skydance Animation Studio as a visual development artist. Awesome, awesome. Before we get into more of your career, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices and have you choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> It'll make sense once we get started. <laughs> Okay, I'll start us off with the first question: Which magical house would you rather live in, Casita from Encanto, or Howl's Moving Castle from Howl's Moving Castle? Oh, uh, from Encanto, of course, because like I don't. Oh, really, to... Casita? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, the house it's very friendly and it kind of do everything for you, right? And then although it's yeah, it does all your one... chores. <laughs> yes. Although it's one location, but that location is amazing. And with like amazing, you know,、uh, town people, and then people help、mm. each other. It's nice, and the house kind of clean itself, so that's really good.、Mm-hmm. And then also it's ma- magical, so and colorful. That's the point. And how moving castle is pretty good too. That fire, who doesn't want that fire, right? But like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> like you look how dirty it is in there, and then you have to clean it by yourself. So.、Hmm. But they do have like a magical portal, so that's very nice too. I guess like you can、mm-hmm. set up like wherever you want to go, a sandwich.、Mm-hmm. That、yeah. that is very valuable too. Let me think twice.、Hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to go to Cancun? You just you just set it up for Cancun. I don't know. If you can just teleport to Cancun, right? I know, but you can you can tell how. Can you set up a location in Cancun, <laughs> please? <laughs> okay, so how are moving castle? I. I changed my mind. Oh, you changed. Yes, you changed. because like I'm cleaning my own apartment right now. Anyway,、mm-hmm. so I can I can maintain the house <laughs> to be very beauty beautiful and then you know cozy. And then I can I can have the portal to go anywhere else. Right, traveling is very、mm. important. So I think that is the better one.、Mm. I、uh, might change. Yeah, you just don't want to go in that dark portal or the the black door. <laughs> that's that's gonna be very dangerous. But Yeah, yeah, you、I、don't、like、want to go、idea. to war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the idea of the different locations, especially because the, the castle is moving. It's like very, very scenic when you look out the window, so that'd be really、uh-huh. nice. But if I was living in the casita, like、uh-huh. yeah, the chores are all done for me. Plus, I would have. I'm assuming if I'm living there, I would have my own special room.、Uh-huh. So I would like to have my own special room as well. It's just like I'm debating whether or not, like, because the house is fine. And the 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 town is fine, but I feel like I don't know. I think I think I'm I'm almost with Ruby. I think having the possibilities of being in a different town every time, or having the option to like, oh, this time I want to visit the town. This next time I want to visit this town, or maybe I just want to go outside where the castle is right now and just enjoy myself for a bit. Like 
I think the variety is really nice. I'm, I'm yeah. actually going to go with Howl's Moving Castle as well. What if there wasn't variety? What if you were just on the moving castle, not the different locations without the door? Then I would choose Casita. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, the interest is the different appeal. doors. When you yeah. choose Casita, uh, does that mean that you also have your special Super ability? Power. Yeah. Because like, you need uh, to have Unless you married in. Oh, oh I see. Married. Then you wouldn't have your special room then, right? I guess that's true. So, yeah, you, you only get a special room if you have a power. But, like, yeah, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, let's, say, let's say you have a power. Let's say if you have a power so you can have a special room. Oh, wait. But, like, if you... But at least your in, spouse would have a power, right? Yeah. Too? Your spouse yeah. would have a special room. Yeah. And then you get to live in your spouse's special room. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. technically I assume so. <laughs> That'd be sad if you like, didn't. No, no, you have to stay in a non-powered room. <laughs> this is you don't a nice get to live Catholic in my special house. room. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I guess they ran from that, huh? <laughs> but, but think about it. You will have a mom that will cure any diseases for you. Any, any illness. You'll yeah. never get mm-hmm. sick again. That's very nice. Well, you'll be sick for a little bit. It's like you, you, you get to live in the house and you get a whole package. Is that the deal? Mm-hmm. And then if you live in like, the, the castle, uh, Howard moving castle, and then you get ha- Howard. That's the deal. And the fire. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. How is the I, appeal? Yes. I would also go with Howell's uh, moving castle because even if I didn't have the teleporting door, because I really like the idea of like being on the moving castle. Um, mm-hmm. very much at the end when they're like hanging out and there's like the winds blowing and their hair and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's kind of like being on a cruise ship or something, right? Oh, yeah. Just like going across the countryside. All right, great. Well, we could talk about this all day. Sorry, but just to move on into the last question. Would you rather venture off on your own as a witch at the age of 13, like Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service, or at the age of 10, as a Pokemon trainer, like Ash from Pokemon. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) I I love, love, love Pokemon. And I love the idea of owning Pokemon. I was going to like decoration of Pokemon in my background. (laughs) But I also always, always wanted to be a witch when I was a little kid. So wow! Oh, really? Yeah, there are two really... two wolves inside of you. One wants to be a witch. The other wants to be a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of like unknown stuff in Pokemon that I don't know mm-hmm. for animal rights. It's like you know, it's very sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you rather live in a world that you can own a pet, but also like where where what do you eat really? <laughs> and also, also like some evolution, uh, evolution of Pokemons, they're not like good looking when they grow up or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and I will rather keep them as tiny and cute. And then yeah, is that like, that. is that abusive or is that like? No, no, they like it. They like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like, mm, yeah. And for Kiki one, it's like more grounded, right? You just fly to other... Yeah, well, b- besides the fact that you're a witch and you have powers, but yeah, yeah. grounded. But power meaning like you fly. Yeah, you but fly. we, we, we saw that they can make potions and stuff. Yeah, you can like, be a potions just... master. You can tell fortunes. There's a lot of different things that the witches can do, but Kiki is just her only thing is flying. That's her. Uh, yeah, because hmm. yeah, like when you go off and venture off on your own, you you... That's when you learn to decide what kind of witch you want to be in that yeah. town. 
So you could be oh, a different kind of witch. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a delivery girl. You can be a potion potion master or a, a curse, a, a curse bringer oh. or a tarot card reader. I see. Then I guess I'll choose Pokemon because like Pokemon meaning that like you can have different power, right? So you, um, mm. if I want to fly, I'll just have a flying Pokemon that take me anywhere. And then mm. if I want to make potion, I don't know, it's like a witch's Pokemon or something. They must be. So <laughs> it's gonna be some witch Pokemon, and I have a uh, I'll have a bubble sword that is really cute. I have a Pikachu, and I'll be. It's, it's like you can own lots of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That's also meaning that you have lots of powers, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little com- controversial for little kids to have that much power, but I don't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would. I again only because Ashes the cartoon was able to survive. I would not be able to survive on my own at the age of ten. I would have died. <laughs> I would have I, died. I, I, I would have questioned my mom's choices, letting me out venture go on an adventure with only a Pikachu at the age of ten. I would not have lived. And then maybe like traveled through the forest, like fighting no. monsters by themselves. No, actually, I would have lived. I would have. I would have cried the first day and just walked back home. <laughs> I would cry the second it got dark and just walk back home and be like, ah, oh, mom, I can't do it. I'll wait till I'm a little older. Wow. How can you be a Pokemon trainer? Oh, is there like an age limit limitation for you to be? No, but just uh, like canonically, you start your journey at age 10. Yeah. Mm. You can get your mm-hmm. Pokemon as early as age 10. Or- I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 10-year-olds can be responsible with pets. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to you have to learn um, when you're little kids to have like small pets to take care of. And then later you take mm-hmm. your like bigger pets. So start from, I don't know, the warm Pokemon first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if we're absolutely following the logic of Pokemon, I would for sure choose Pokemon. I love the world. The world wow. of Pokemon is so amazing. I would gladly be a Pokemon trainer than a witch. Mm-hmm. What about you, Yuki? Um, being in the Pokemon world is always appealing. But I also like the mundaneness of Kiki, That's and true. like the idea you're a witch and you're a witch that like you go. I guess the premise is like every town has a witch, and they go to that witch for whatever they do. So like mm-hmm. <laughs> my job security would be in. <laughs> <laughs> That's too real. That's too um, real. It's just mm-hmm. uh, and just like being able to fly around and kind of like I mean the whole the whole idea of Kiki is like. It's kind of like being an artist, right? Like yeah. going out, discovering yourself, uh, doing something you love, right? Like her flying and then experiencing burnout and all of that. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I can't do it anymore. I was so good at it. And then she like has to refine herself. But I, I mm-hmm. think I like it just because it is more like mundane life with a little bit of magic. Oh, I do like that too. With po- It's hard because these are very different questions. But with Pokemon, it's sort of like, I was really bad at taking care of animals when I was 10. <laughs> like, I had hamsters and stuff, but I was really bad at it. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe I would go with maybe I would go with being a witch. Then I would only have to work on myself. Oh, that's true. <laughs> mm. do, do you feel like uh, when you're little and you watch uh, Kiki for the first mm-hmm. time, and it was like, oh, that's what I feel. I was like, oh, this is so wholesome and it's so nice. And to see her, like, you know, go through these, uh, these events. And then mm-hmm. but when I... Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, like a few years ago, I watched it again. I was like, oh, man. It hits you different. Yeah, it really hits yeah. you differently. It's like, it really hits. I understand like her struggle is 
totally my struggle. And then she's mm-hmm. working through something and she's frustrated. And it's like, hit me so hard. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that's definitely a journey of an artist. And then yeah. how mm-hmm. she works through it and then how she finds her ways to, you know, go through life. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Agreed. Kiki has always mm-hmm. been my favorite, even when I was little. But when I was little, I, the parts of Kiki that I liked was like, she flies around and then she lands in this big hay bin in a train. And she sleeps in the hay and I'm like, that looks so awesome. And she wakes up because like this cow <laughs> is like licking her foot. And I'm like, this looks so cool. And she's like flying around and having like little adventures and she meets a little boy or whatever. And I just like was really enamored by all of the fun stuff. And when she mm-hmm. couldn't fly, I didn't really understand what was happening mm-hmm. um, to her. I was just like, why can't she do it? Because <laughs> I was like a little kid. Yeah. But definitely as I got older, I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> totally get it. There's like and a he, lot of layers to it that I could enjoy. So yeah, yeah I love Kiki. When you choose Kiki, you can have a talking cat. So that's pretty. Yeah, that too. But Pokemon, <laughs> you have your have one meow. animal. You have your familiar mm-hmm. that you have to take care of. I could do that probably. Oh, what will you choose? Like, will you choose a cat or like a crow or like a mouse? It's oh, like a probably hair. not a cat. I'm allergic to cats, so it would have to be something else. I'm <laughs> also allergic to cats, but I want a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have them anyway, even if you're allergic. It, it, it'll be it'll be your gecko. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I'll I'll have my gecko, my lizard. Oh, that would be good awesome. because then he could hang out. Well, oh, that'd be so right? cute. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for playing in between with us, Ruby. <laughs> hard choices. <laughs> no, definitely some hard choices. And to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, send us a message either on Twitter or Instagram at straightaheadap or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. So let's get started. Could you tell us how you first got your start working in animation? Oh, yeah. Um, So I was originally from Taiwan. And then when I was in Taiwan, you know, we grew up watching um, anime uh, on TV. And then, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I watched lots of, uh, you know, really wholesome, uh, just like short story kind of kids anime. And I'm really, mm. I was always, always really fascinated with like how simple stories can convey a big idea. And then that big mm. idea kind of like describe exactly what you feel at certain age or like you have certain feelings that you couldn't find words to describe. And then I think that's a really amazing tool for for me to like sort of like documenting my feelings or like express my feelings in a very specific way. And then so, and when I was little, I always like to, you know, just make stories and then make up stories or like, um, you know, just fascinating with the medium. And so I, I noticed that, oh, that is what that does, like children's book, is also a medium that, you know, tells stories too. So I was mm-hmm. like, animation sounds like a good idea for me to have an opportunity to write my own stories in the future or like, you know, be part of something that help people to express or help people to convey a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm interested in animation. So that's also why I come to America. Uh, basically, this is the place to learn right this is the the whole industry basically is over here and then mm-hmm. uh, there are lots of amazing artists out there who also doing uh, what i wanted to do in the future and then 
I study at Academy of Art in San Francisco, majoring in visual development. And then from there, I got an internship at Funko House. And then basically, it's one of my mm-hmm. dreams. I was I had a really fun <laughs> time over there. And then from Funko House, I went to Flight School Studios, which is a studio that does um, VR, AR, XR, MR, anything related to ours. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a multimedia studio that is not not only focusing on VR, but also like any medium that is possible to, you know, reach whatever goal that they want. And then so that was really amazing to me. Like it's like a completely different experience. And then mm-hmm. I got a job at Skydance Animation, which is one of my biggest dreams is to work in animated film. And mm-hmm. um, it's like a whole different world to me. And it was really amazing. So I get to experience different ways to tell stories. Either it's using VR, AR, or it's using like, you know, traditional animation. Or it's like exhibition, you know, uh, I help other directors to do his artistic exhibition uh, with animation. Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole different experience because um, it's not it's not film, and but it's also not interactive stuff. It's more like an art piece, but also have elements of animation that also tells some stories. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so <laughs> the journey has been like, really travel around back to animation and back to what I really like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess kind of keep going is that a lot of your initial career was at Flight School Studio. So once you graduated from Kennedy Mart, you started at Flight School Studio, which also for people that don't know, it's like kind of like a subdivision or like a division under or within Real Effects, which is an animation studio based out in Texas. And like you mentioned, you did a lot of VR, AR, so virtual reality, augmented reality, what was it like kind of being a concept artist in that kind of space? Because I feel like that's still a relatively new space. We're still kind of learning and seeing what we can do in that space. You know, Google Spotlights have been doing some stuff and now, you know, other studios have tried to get in in that realm as well. But what was it like creating art for this a space where you have to kind of move around in this headset? Yeah, uh, when I was there the first year, VR wasn't like fully, fully developed yet. So there's are a lot of, opportunities for people to experiment a lot of things and then there are also like a lot of technical like um, difficulties like what you usually do in animation might not work in VR because like the device or like something just cannot handle it so you kind of have to make a lot of decision as the concept artist to kind of like uh, make design choices that is simple enough but also good looking but also like you need to know what the limitations are and you, you need to create design that works within the limitation, but also fit whatever um, creative ideas that you have. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a big challenge. You cannot just make beautiful things. You have to be functional at the same time. It has to be um, working at the same time. So at that time, I worked with a lot of um, our engineers. Also, I was the concept artist, but more, uh, I think the studio wanted to push me more towards like creative. So I generate mm-hmm. lots of um, VR ideas and AR ideas that can be like very experimental, but also it's like, you know, express you know, um, things in a really creative way. So I really like mm-hmm. it. There are lots of challenges because like nobody knows what to use 
for VR and AR. There are like a million ideas that you can give to this device and just like how you make this, this device the most useful. So for example, VR is like you put on a headset and then you are emerged to like a different world. And then so mm-hmm. when you design a things, it's not like in a film, you kind of design a frame, you kind of compose in a frame. In VR, you kind of have to design the whole 360 view. But also mm-hmm. because you want the audience to look at a certain place, like there's always like the focus in VR, right? So you want the audience to focus on the front. So you need to put more stuff at the front and then less stuff on the back. But you also cannot make the back too bland, you know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the how you lead the eyes is more important because the camera yeah. is not in your control. The camera is mm-hmm. the audience. The audience can look um, everywhere they want. So it's more like, how do you use elements in VR? How do you use design to lead audiences' eyes to places that you want them to see? So I think that's the one of the biggest challenge. But um, in that way, you can kind of create an environment that is very unique, that is very like, other than watching a screen, it's like you were immersive in this environment and it can really feel, you know, things a little bit more. So that's VR. And AR is like, how do you incorporate something within the current environment and make it so fun that mm-hmm. people, it's like a fantasy stuff, right? Like, uh, like a, how to say, <laughs> it's not really like only hologram. It's like how you interact with, unrealistic stuff in the real place but also Mm -hmm. find it so real at the same time and then Mm -hmm. um so i think at flight school is really pushing me to be more creative and then pushing me to generate really good ideas that suit the device that you know really maximize what the device can do what the medium can do yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense off of that like i'm curious about the limitations that you mentioned earlier by limitations do you mean just like you can only do like low poly in the vr ar because of you know how much how much processing power that needs or like what kind of limitations are there in like if you can only be low poly or you can't use x amount of effects like you can't do running water because that's too much effects or you know like what kind of limitations were you talking about um basically is uh what you said is like um Everything have to be like simplified to a degree. And then it's not necessarily like everything have to be low poly. It's more like how you cut down the, you know, how how you make the model more efficient and then that can run through the engine. Also, the lighting is like, oh, you cannot do transparent lighting because that would be like, you know, those um, gut lights, gut rays that is like a little uh-huh, bit more, yeah. you know, particles mm-hmm. and transparent. And then that, is very heavy to the engine and then because you want to put Mm. so many stuff in the environment it's not only like one frame it's 360 so how do you put so many stuff in but also have to run it smoothly is very challenging and also Mm. it's like in vr um, because of this limitation we were thrive to you know come up with like unique art style that is, it can be more like uh, graphic-y, it can be more illustrative. Uh, it doesn't need to be full CG render because that is really hard to do in VR unless you have like really powerful engine. 
you have to think mm-hmm. about like, okay, so some people have VR devices, but some people only have phones. You can also watch like VR stuff on phones right now, mm-hmm. but like on phone is such a small device and then it doesn't have that much power to run through like a yeah. big file in mm. VR headset. So how do you even cut down more stuff but still look good is very, very challenging. Yeah. Mm. So one of the things you kind of mentioned, I'm kind of curious about. So you talked about VR and AR, but you've also mentioned XR and MR. What is XR and what is MR? Like, I've never heard those terms. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, so like um, in Flysco Studios, they collaborate with uh, a lot of big companies. They have like, you know, big events have big installation outside. And then one of the stuff is like you you kind of put on a VR headset and then uh, we kind of do something that you when you go through like a maze or something and when you touch stuff in VR, you can actually mm-hmm. feel it in real life. So it's oh. that, that is kind of like, oh, oh, OK, yeah, adding another feeling. Um, and then if you go through like a windy place, there's actually wind in, oh. you know, in the real life. So you I've have heard like of these. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but you have to like time it really good because you can actually pick up everything in VR. Also, you, you can pick up everything in real life and it has to match mm-hmm. like exactly, you know, at the at the location, at the point. So that part is really hard. But you can do a lot of things with that. And at that time, we we're working on like a World War II kind of, you know, bunker experience. And then uh, so it's like more explaining what happened in the bunker. And then this is what uh, things that they do. And then this is how they survive. And then, yeah, in VR headset, you can actually hear like, you know, a war happening on your right side or your left side. And it's very scary. Mm. And then so, yeah, it's like really, really, really fun to do. And that one is that one is XR or? Uh, There's more like an MRXR mix. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, okay. MR? Oh, actually, I'm not sure about like the oh. leak. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a more, more like multi, I think like uh, MR is like a multi something, something. Multi reality or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. XR, experimental reality. <laughs> Oh, actually, I'm assuming I'm assuming the R stands for reality, reality is, like is virtual right. reality and augmented reality. I'm yeah. assuming the R is still reality. Ours, yeah. Anyway, yeah. like uh, they have they made one that is for uh, Star Wars, I think. And then you can. Oh. Actually, yeah, that one is like cool. super fun. Yeah. Also, kind of one of your initial points of your career, kind of like getting into the space of animation is that you interned at Tonko House as an art intern. And then for those that don't know, uh, uh, Ruby and I actually interned together that same year. Yeah. So back in what was it, 2018, 28, oh uh, I think spring of 2018, uh, Ruby and I and a couple other and Tamara Chang and Nicole Castro, we all internet Tonko House together. Crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. So, yeah, I missed it. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. But like you had a very different experience than I have because I was there as an animation intern. You were there as an art intern. What was it like learning under Daisusumi and Robert Kondo? Oh, it was like a, I don't know, it's like one of the most important experience to me uh, in my career. Because mm-hmm. at that time, I was like really, really craving for mentorship. And then mm-hmm. um, I couldn't get in school because like, you know, school has its limitations. And I, I really want someone that I admire in the industry to really help me like get better at my own work. 
Mm. And then I think Dyson Robert really uh, push artists to be, they want you to really understand why you make certain designs and then why you mm. make certain choices in your painting. And that really helped like reshape my thinking of when I think about light and color, when I think about composition, and then when I think about edges and also values, that kind of stuff. And that's something that at school, they, they teach you that, but it's not emphasizing on why it is this way. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, mm-hmm. at Tonka House, it's like, we, we do like morning paintings together, right? And then uh, we have like critique afterwards. And then uh, Dyson Robert will ask uh, me specific question like, oh, why do you make this choice in uh, this painting? Um, is it because the lighting goes this way, so you choose this color? Or is it because you want to push more, so it's more like an artistic choice? Um, so that really mm-hmm. helps me. Like, uh, I would say it's like break down all my knowledge that I learned before and then build it from the uh, bottom up again. And then mm-hmm. it's also amazing to see uh, how because at that time, they're working on not only the graphic novel, but also uh, the little TV series. And then it's also amazing mm-hmm. uh, to see how they pitch their work and then how they make things from zero to amazing. And then how they make decisions in the middle and then why, why those decisions are important. So, yeah, it's right. very, very, very fun experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because like, Basically, everything we're saying, trying to reinforce that every decision you make has to have like some kind of purpose or intention, you know, that way you're not just mindlessly doing something that way it gets you to actually think and give yeah, meaning to what you're doing, which is great. Also, a quick thing. I don't remember the name of the episode, but if you ever want to hear more about Minds and Ruby's experiences being Tonkos interns, we actually were on their podcast, the Tonko cast, when they interviewed yeah. us as interns way, way back when. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you guys can go listen to that and see how I sounded when I was like five years younger. <laughs> Is it, was it five years ago? 2018. Four, four years. Four. Four years ago. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> so funny. I didn't know wow. that. Wait, I'm going to go listen. To- <laughs> Hold on. Pause this episode. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> and now okay and now, now after we had that hard cut you can join us after she listened to the episode yeah, it was all right. <laughs> made us made us all like, oh, appreciate that it, it's really it's really like scary to think uh like how how quickly time flies you know mm. like, mm. i i really think it was like yesterday feel like yesterday yeah yeah no, it was a wonderful experience. And again, glad I got to meet you through that experience as well. Oh, I, I get to meet you guys. I am so like grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things I also kind of want to jump into is that you have freelance for a multitude of different studios, such as Real Effects Animation, Attack Plan, Pixar. Is there something that you have kind of learned freelancing for these uh, different studios? or uh, And how did you kind of balance your time also kind of doing a full-time job like but did you freelance in between work or were you freelancing on top of full-time work like how did that work out for you i think i'm a really bad example of how uh, to no. do work <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's really bad i mean like um i don't get a lot of freelance work because visa issue like my visa oh, doesn't allow okay. me to do um freelance work so i haven't done like uh, freelance for a long time and then 
uh, whenever mm-hmm. this like a freelance is more like I help other people with, yeah with the, uh, with other projects and then mm-hmm. um these few years like like I changed my visa status I changed a lot of visa status but like um I got one that really allowed me to have more freedom to do more freelance and then mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes sometimes it's like you know <laughs> full-time job plus like 20 more hours <laughs> or like I, mm-hmm. I basically work all day and then uh it's not because like I mean like money is one of part of it but it's more like I want more experience because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I work in a VRAR company which that provides me of accomplishment I think uh I get mm-hmm. to like be really creative I get to try a lot of stuff and that is fun for me but like in my heart I mm-hmm. always wanted to do something, you know, um, related to animation, uh, especially like animated film. So I get whatever opportunities I can to, you know, get close to that. So that's why uh, if there's uh, opportunities that can help me growth as an artist, I'll take it. And also mm-hmm. like if if that project can help me connect with people in the industry a little bit more, then I will take it. Yeah. And then I think. It's also because of my freelance projects that I uh, get to have a stronger portfolio, and then that let uh, let me to guidance animation now. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the other things I kind of want to add something off that like you mentioned you recently changed your visa status. What was your visa status prior, and what did that allow you to do? And what was like kind of like the process switching your visa status? Because honestly. I feel like that's really like important information, something very crucial because uh, we've had other international guests or on the podcast, but we also know we, well, we would like to assume we also have some international listeners or students who are international listening to the podcast that this could be uh, very beneficial for them to kind of understand and know. Yeah, um, visa is very important for international um, people. Uh, this is how you get jobs and that is how you can stay in the country. And then, you have to think about visa like way earlier before you graduate because uh, for art, uh, people who study art, we only have one year OPT, meaning that you have like a student visa extension only one year after you mm-hmm. graduate. And then um, mm-hmm. you have to know that a lot of studios right now because of the culture, because of, you know, the legal paper and stuff, it's really, really hard for them to accept people who don't have a visa. Because that's a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, the application is very expensive and lawyer and the process. And if you're lucky, you can get H1B uh, from school, but not mm-hmm. many people, because H1B is a lottery, so you cannot just get it, you know? And then if you don't mm-hmm. have H1B, you have to apply to O1 visa immediately. O1 visa meaning like it's an outstanding um, visa, meaning like you are an art- artist and you are very awesome. So that's why America <laughs> wants to keep you. But mm-hmm. uh, O-N visa is really hard because you have to prove how awesome you are. Mm-hmm. And then you have to mm-hmm. gather lots of lots of materials to prove that to win your case. So USC, is and can um, give you your visa. But for a student, it's very hard because what kind of accomplishments you have at the time. Um, it's like I nobody know who I am and then I don't have that many work and then mm-hmm. anything related to students or intern that doesn't work with your visa and then you don't know anybody who can write you a letter of recommendation it has to be people in the industry not people from school 
or mm. like anything school related. So that was really hard. So I would suggest everybody who might encounter encounter this issue in the future start thinking about it earlier than you think. And it's really、mm-hmm. costly, like really, really, really costly. Like so、mm-hmm. far, all the visa money I've spent, I'll say is about twenty k so far. Christ. And then it's not a guarantee. Yeah. You may apply、Damn. and you spend all the money and it just not gonna work, and that happens too. But、uh, mm-hmm. find a good lawyer is very important. The lawyer needs to know what they're doing. And you need to be on top of it. Like you need to digest more information than you expect, and then yeah, really be you know aware of everything. But like I do have some friends who are really lucky. They got into a studio and then then they do a green card for them immediately, so they don't have to spend their own money on green card. Green card application for O one visa is very very hard.、Um, the initial、mm-hmm. fee is like you know ten k. And it's not a guarantee.、Oh, yeah, and then the process、man. is very, very long. So if you are lucky, the studio can help you. But not many、mm-hmm. studios do that anymore because uh, nowadays uh, there are not many full-time jobs out there for、uh, concert artists.、Um, more, it's more of like contract. It's a very gig-based economy yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And then for for us, it's like if it is a gig-based, it's so, so, so not stable because whenever we change a studio. We have to reapply visa again. So,、mm. and then that reapply is not a guarantee that you can get it. You know, and maybe、yeah. the studio want you immediately, but the visa process, the approving process, takes so long.、Mm-hmm. And then, so how do you convince the studio to give you time and like convince them that you're good enough to take the job at the same time? Like, need a visa、mm-hmm. and then need approval time. And then you know need all kind of stuff. So for international people, it's very very hard to stay. And then, but it's possible. And don't give up. You can do it. If you need any information, please reach out, and I can help you. Because I've been through all the stuff. I'm I'm still dealing with it,、mm-hmm. and I know how hard it is. Yeah. 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 But damn, that's, that's、uh, really <laughs> insane. Like I、mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it before where. It's not unusual to graduate and then just not get any work for like a year. So being on、mm-hmm. a visa and being like, "Well, I can't get the job because you know I'm fresh out of school. Nobody wants to hire me, but I only have a year to land something." Like that's an immense amount of pressure, and to be able to、mm-hmm. like continue applying or continue creating art, I can't even imagine it. Like that's that's、mm-hmm. so yeah.、Hard. Yeah, a lot of studios they、uh, they will email me like, oh, I really want to work with you, or like I've worked with you on other projects before, and I really want to work with you again. And then you mention visa, right? Like this,、mm-hmm. you need you need that approval for to、mm-hmm. work with them because the government is like tracking all your work, and then it、yeah. has to be like within their approval. And then、mm-hmm. so so you mention visa to the studio, and they'll be like, oh,、um, because of the timing, they won't work immediately, or、yeah. because、um, some other reasons, so they decline. So that happens a lot to me, because I always、mm-hmm. wanted to work in you know animated film, right? And then it's not like I don't have the opportunity. It's more like the visa is always in the middle of the negotiation. So I was、yeah. like, I, I get like super super frustrated because of this. But、uh, eventually, like if you keep trying, it will work on some ways. But just 
it's very painful in the process. Yeah. You got to know going in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, on the topic of wanting to work in like animated film, you're currently working as a visual development artist at Skydance Animation. Can you tell us what, well, one, what's it like working at that studio? And two, uh, what you kind of currently do in your role? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's very different than VRAR, of course. Um, it's like mm -hmm. uh, working on a big, big uh, feature film. The pace is like so very slower than uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other projects I've been on. Uh, there's more like detailed decision making. Uh, they uh, When they have a story, they thought through everything, like every little details for the designs and for the world to work. And then uh, I'm more of an environment artist than a character artist. And we do have character artists on the team and they're like more specializing characters. And my job mm -hmm. is more focusing on the sets and the environment. But that is mm -hmm. like in still like connect in some ways because you have to put characters in the environment and the design has to like echo with each other. So on this one, you really, really think about the story a lot and then make mm -hmm. the world to be more believable. And that's different than VR, AR, because like it's also making a world, but it's more uh, less, less story focused, really. Um, mm -hmm. for animated film is like really, really story focused because whatever you do is to support the story to work and then it's mm -hmm. to support the emotion is to support the characters. Yeah. And then I really mm -hmm. love working with lots of amazing artists. It's just like being in the environment and see other people's work and then just like, oh my God, I, I wish I can learn so much from them and uh, I wish I can like, you know, grow with them. And that is the most important part is like, uh, you have people who do similar job with you and then you grow together and then to become a better artist, to become a better storyteller. And that is my, that's my literal dream just, just to mm -hmm. grow with each other. Yeah. Not, I don't want to reach any goal of anything for now. I just want to like, you know, be able to learn with other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been honestly loving your journey so far and your animation career. Because, yeah, when again, when we were just interns, the fact that you had a job like a flight school, I was like, yeah, go Ruby. And happy to hear that your family at Skydance is kind of getting closer to what you want to do or doing what you want to do and what you've been wanting to do. Mm -hmm. One of the kind of the other things I kind of want to ask you is, uh, do you have like any other future aspirations for yourself in this industry? Um, for now, it's like I thought about a lot of stuff because uh, I really want to tell stories. Right. Mm hmm. So making a short film is kind of one thing, but I know how hard it is to make a short film. You need like a big team and you need like a lot mm -hmm. of different skills to do that. So I know that how hard it is. It's still mm -hmm. like if I can do something like that in the future, I want to. But now it's like I really want to do children's book because I know like from my past, you know, childhood trauma or like childhood experience. And mm -hmm. I know how hard it is for kids to express certain feelings to to express mm -hmm. themselves or to discover or to just find words to show themselves to the world so i think like children's book is a very important medium to do that to tell kids like oh you're feeling this way is not because of this it's maybe because of that and that's okay and then mm -hmm. or uh, if you encounter this kind of situation um, instead of doing this, maybe you can try doing that. And then I think that is very important tool to help kids becoming, um, to know themselves more and then to be a better 
uh, communicator in the future. And yeah, that's what I wanted to do. But、mm. so far, I haven't like really, really starting it yet. It's it's hard to find the time with a full time job and then freelancing. It's hard to find the time. But I love that you want to get into doing children's book and telling kind of your own stories or telling stories that can help kids. I think that's very, very like a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. coming back to to in the beginning. You said that you were really you really love that mode of storytelling, children's books, and how、mm-hmm. that kind of like influenced you too.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like you know,、uh, I wish when I was little, I can be like I'm feeling this way. And I couldn't describe, and I'll, you know, show my mom this book and be like, exactly like this, exactly this feeling, and then、Aww. yeah, it's like a tool, you know, for for kids、yeah. to just have something to land on, communicate. Yeah, it's yeah. like you have certain feelings and you don't know how to describe it, and your therapist will be like, oh, this is like this professional words or something, <laughs> and then you will be like,、mm-hmm. oh, that's that, and you you will become like more. Secure, or like you know what's happening, like you're、mm-hmm. not crazy, and there's a word for that. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And then one of the things I want to ask is, how do you feel your cultural background has influenced、uh, you as an artist or your art? Um, I think first of all, like I, I think how like the story that I grew up with, like how like you know we watch like、uh, Japanese animation, uh, anime mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. growing up. So the way that they tell story is very different than how people tell story in America. Like、mm-hmm. the the part that they emphasize, or like how they express stuff, or like how they like the artistic choice is also very different. I like I like both sides really, and then I,、mm-hmm. I there are some different values in both kind of artistic expressions. So from Growing up from Taiwan, I kind of see both. I kind of get influenced by both. So I think that is very valuable in the future. It's like, oh, there's no one way to tell stories. Maybe you can、mm-hmm. you can combine or you can create more. And then there's always a new way to find more stories. Also, coming from、uh, another culture, that really kind of expands my views of there's so many things out there that I don't know. And then people are from so many different backgrounds, and they have their own stories that I don't know, and that's all very precious. And then that's kind of something that is for your own that not any other people can replicate, or like、mm. not everybody have same experience. So I just really like how precious it is. And then whenever I meet a new person, I was like, I will think that oh, there are so many stories behind this person. And even though this person、mm. might think that they don't have any stories, but there are things that is so valuable that they don't know about, and that's something that if more people can see, and I think that will be, I don't know, that just like more amazing to meet.、Mm-hmm. I'm curious because you had come to the U.S. to study animation, right? And you had mentioned that、uh, you knew that like animation was being done here. It's mostly done here, or at, at least in. In your perspective, I'm curious what gave you that impression from being in Taiwan. Even though there are, you know,、uh, schools and industries in, like, say, Japan or Korea,、uh, Australia, even, you know, closer to that side of、uh, the world.、Mm-hmm. What?、Uh, why America? Oh yeah,、um, there are lots of like different type of animation, right? And then、mm-hmm. I, I think、mm-hmm. at that time I was really fascinated by just like more American animation that is. 
uh, usually have a simple just idea, and then the mm. story, like the whole story, is telling around that idea, and then focusing that single uh, on that single idea, and then how they express things and how is impactful uh, for a simple story to work. And I think mm. for Japanese animation, it's more like it's, there's multiple storylines. And then uh, it's more a little bit more uh, poetic. It's a little bit more uh, complicated, but it mm. still like you know convey a really big big idea. It's also funny, like you know, on my <laughs> list, I mentioned a lot of just like in, uh, Japanese animation, and then uh, also like European one. But I never yeah. like yeah. put any like uh, American animation in there. But I think the reason I come here is like just the concept art of of how they make art into the film that really amazed me and i think my style like my drawing style is not necessarily like more japan towards japan or like towards americans like kind of in the middle and it's like Mm -hmm. really really vague so what i wanted to do is maybe maybe i can combine something and Mm -hmm. then and then just to create art that is similar to what i see like uh you know visual development or the Pixar films or Disney films that's all really amazing. I want to paint that way. Mm. So the, it's the style that is more fascinated me that makes mm. me want to come to America more than go to Japan. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a preference kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I answered any questions. No, no, it did. I did. I was just curious. Um, but mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us today, Ruby. Before we get into our final question, where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you would like to promote? I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, it's Ruby Wan Art. You can find me on Instagram mostly. Um, for my website is rubywan.net, but uh, it's currently locked because there are too many NDA stuff. <laughs> all all the creations <laughs> that I made, I don't know why it's either canceled or it's like not out oh, yet. Oh no! <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, but that that is the life of being an artist, right? Like you mm-hmm. you're yeah. in lots of projects and you pitch lots of projects, but like. It, sometimes it doesn't work and then the one that works um maybe take a long time to make so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. all right so as as we come to a close what final advice would you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation okay so first of all it i know it's hard <laughs> and then <laughs> i can feel you because i'm also feeling being an artist is the struggle it's like happy happiness and struggle at the same time but that's all the creative people in the whole world no matter uh, you're the artist or not but that's also what drives us to want more so don't ever lose that feeling but Mm -hmm. at the same time treat yourself the best you can Mm because health is very important everybody (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you don't you think that you can do so much and you want to learn so fast but there's always a limit and then you never know like what you will become in the future and just enjoy this moment and then treat yourself really, really good. Exercise a lot and then learn as much as you can, learn from your peers and then just be be true to yourself, but also like don't have too much ego, I'll say, because like mm-hmm. you are in the environment to work with other people. The animation industry is a collaboration you know, work. So working, learn to work with other people. And then it's more important than just working yourself. 
And then I think that's very important. So help each other and then you'll get there. Like really, like maybe it's like slower than you think and you get frustrated about it. But like if you really continue to learn and then eventually you will get there. And for those international people, I feel your pain. It's very stressful. (laughs) But uh, there are also lots of international people out there in the industry and Mm -hmm. they will help you. They are, I think all of us, know how hard it is to stay here but if you reach out to them they will be very happy to help you so you can do it you can do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) no very well put i think you just need that encouragement you need that self-belief and yeah i'm my heart goes out to all the international students and international artists because i know how difficult you guys have it and i wish you guys nothing but success in in this industry Mm -hmm. and also like it's good to try different stuff i think like um Mm -hmm. Although like I really, really want to do an uh, animated film, but if you like, you never know like what other opportunity opportunities will lead you to. So don't be, don't be sad if you can't not get in animation industry, like your first try. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of people get it. Like, you know, it's not like there are lots of opportunities out there. So there gotta be some people who maybe do other stuff first and then travel back and then, you know, and, at flight school, I really met lots of very good coworkers, and they mm. helped me not on art, but on other life aspect. So you never know what life will lead you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful advice, Ruby. Thank you so much. And thank you, audience member, for joining us today. If you enjoyed our interview with Ruby, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. Thank you to Peggy Shu at Peggy C P Shu on Instagram for suggesting Ruby as a guest. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to Ashley Itliong for editing this episode. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.